This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Holland Assets Podcast. This is episode 80. I am Craig, your host, and over there, he is Chris. It's me again. Hi, Chris. How, how's you? it going? Uh, not too bad. How about you? Yeah, no, not too bad myself. Good. Um, I'm looking forward to my own long haul road trip. I'm driving all the way up to Seattle in a day from yep. Salt Lake. Yeah, that's about normal for a, a semi. 11 hours driving is it roughly sure, sure. about... That's, you know, you get to ride in cushy, sweet comfort, though. <laughs> I have to do it in a sedan. So I, yeah. Anyway, what's been going on for you? Uh, how's the week been? Uh, it's, it's been good. It's been busy, like like normal. Um, we've got one of our drivers on a really interesting load right now. Something I've never, we've never really tried to tackle before. And what's that? Um, it's got eleven drops. Eleven. Eleven. Yeah. So one load, eleven drops. One load, eleven drops. I, I think I've done. Well, I did this a nursery load. Now, do you mean it's one trip with eleven drops, yeah, so, or one load? Well, it's, it's one load and one trip. So pick it all, everything up at a manufacturer. And then you have 11 stops along Jeez. the way. Wow. So yeah. what, what to do, what's he hauling? It's furniture. It's furniture. Yeah. In a reefer. We're hauling furniture. Got to keep it cold. <laughs> Actually, probably not. <laughs> uh, are, are, do you keep the truck refrigerated when uh, you to, have something like uh, yeah, furniture? I, in? I haven't. I didn't look at the BOL on this one or the, the rate confirmation. So I, I don't know, but I, I assume no. The only, the only possibility is maybe if they need to keep the glue from getting like crazy hot. Right, right. They, they may make it keep how, it at, how hot do you think that reefer gets if the ac's off i that's a good question i would guess um well over 100 degrees 120 i mean it, it it's not as bad as being in a car but i mean it, they bake they get hot yeah that sun bakes on that uh on the sides and it'll get warm if you don't have the reefer running crazy crazy so with a load like that you've got 11 stops is that from a from a business standpoint is that annoying or helpful to the company is that lucrative it just depends if you build it into the rate it, it should be good for the company the problem is with a load like this is it can cause issues for the driver because you know drivers in most situations get paid by the mile right and so if you're all you know driving 200 miles having to stop unload you know because the the you, they don't get paid for the unload time typically right drive stop unload it, it'll it'll it could be a good thing for the company but a nightmare for the driver and so in that kind of situation you know our typical compensation package is by the mile but right. on a load like this we're going to adjust that a little bit and you know make it so that it is um you know good for the company and good for the driver because uh, last thing you want to do is have it be a good load for the company and you know, bad really on the driver. Take off I, the driver. Yeah, the, uh, in the long run, you do that very many times, and the driver is going to start looking somewhere else. Right. And so, you know, in, in a situation like this, we'll definitely compensate them some. You know, hopefully, try to make it essentially equal as to what you know the uh, a, a normal load would be if they were on the road driving under normal conditions, so that it, it really is sixes to them. Yeah, yeah. So do you essentially just kind of cut a bonus check at the end of the, yeah. the month to yeah. compensate? Okay. Yep. Right on. Well, any, anything else on that? Uh, anything notable from that load or from the rest of Not the Not really. I think it's just a, it's a good exercise, you know, to kind of think with a driver. You want to think through these kind of situations so it's a win-win for everybody. You know, you, you 
if, if it's a good load for the company, but it's a bad load for the driver, then you need to do something to make it so it equalizes a little bit and, and is a good run for the, the driver. And if you can't do that, it's probably not a load worth taking. If, if there's not enough rate in that, uh, in that kind of a load to be able to compensate the driver for the extra drops, it's probably really not a good load for anybody. You, okay. sh- you shouldn't, I, in my opinion, you shouldn't take it. Okay. Well, there you go. That's a firm, firm note from Chris. Uh, before we do the main topic, Chris, I do want to remind everybody to go to Facebook. Find us on Facebook. Go to HollandAssetsLLC.com. Uh, check out the full show notes, comments. Uh, you know, let let me know how attractive I look on the YouTube videos, which you should all, also go subscribe to. We want nice comments, not bad ones. Come on, <laughs> Craig. Well, hey. Everybody's got to do their part to boost my ego, Chris. Okay, um, it it needs the help. Um, so yes, I, I everybody should go do that, especially uh, a subject like today. People are used to hearing that when it comes to the financials episodes that we do every month, uh, but today is a little bit different, and I think it'll it'll be uh, it'll be good for people to go. Make sure you read the full show notes and check out any links that we provide, that sort of thing. Because today we are talking about leasing. Leasing. Uh, so, Chris, do you want to kick us off on this before we bring in our guests and tell us what we're talking about today? Yeah, so leasing is a really ambiguous, kind of confusing term in the trucking industry because it means a lot of different things. When you talk about leasing a car, you know, it, it pretty much for, for all intents and purposes means one thing. But in the trucking industry, there's really a lot of different meanings. And, and you know, kind of as I try to break this down, I've got them categorized into what I think are the three most common areas that you hear about leasing. And the first one is you hear a leased on owner operator. And and that in and of itself can really mean two things. Cause I, so I'm going to break that down into kind <laughs> so of two categories. One A and one B. One B. Yeah. There okay. you go. That's a good way to put it. So the, the first way is a, a driver or a, an owner operator, not a driver, but an owner operator owns their own truck, may or may not own their own trailer, but at least owns their own truck and they lease on to a motor carrier and they run under that motor carrier's authority. So they bring their own truck, they run under the authority and they're hauling loads specifically for this one carrier and this one carrier only. Okay, so th- would this be uh, kind of like in another in another industry, like a contract employee? It, that's exactly like what that? it is. It's a subcontractor. Okay. You're, you're doing the work for them, they're paying you, but you're, you're not really tied to them other than you can't really bounce between authorities very easily. So it's, it's a little different than other subcontractors, but yeah, you, you're bringing your own tool to the show essentially. Got it. Got it. Okay. What's the second category then? The second category of a, of an owner operator would be an owner operator that, that they, they still call them leased on owner operators, but essentially you're falling in on a truck that the motor carrier owns and then leases back to you. Wait, wait. Okay. Say that again. <laughs> this is where it gets really confusing. Yeah. So you're, you're a driver or you're an owner operator and you, you want to follow kind of that owner operator dream. Well, there's a lot of, um, companies out there that kind of, um, there, and there's some good ones, but this is where you hear all the horror stories about with least on owner operators. You, you hear that allure of, I want to be my own boss. I want to be an owner operator and, but you don't really have the money to go out and buy your own truck. And so all these carriers out there say, well, Hey, I've got a truck for you. I'll lease it to you. You can run the truck and you're your own owner operator. And, and that can mean a couple different things. Sometimes those guys have built into their lease contracts that you can 
you know, over time own the truck. So it's kind of almost like financing the truck with traditional financing, or it may just be a lease and you're leasing the truck from them, but they essentially own it. And that's where it gets really, I mean, it gets kind of shady. There's a lot of gray areas in that, you know, can you really consider that person an owner operator? Can you really, you know, um, consider them a contractor versus mm. a, an employee because you know they don't really technically own the truck or own the truck yet and and it gets ugly and that's where there's that's where guys take you know motor carriers some carriers take advantage of of guys and they get ugly okay well so you're not a huge fan of that method i am then. not i am not a big I fan think of that that's method fair to say yeah, at this I, point i think in most situations if you can own your own truck and you can go to a motor carrier they they there's a lot less ability for them to kind of take advantage of you so those situations it's it's okay right okay so that's the the second type uh what is, you said there were three types uh of possible yeah and, and the third leasing. one's the simple one it's it's the one that probably in most situations people are the most familiar with it's really similar to leasing a car when you hear about people leasing a car you know you, you have the car for a three-year period and then you turn it back in typically at the end or you can buy it out. And it's, it's pretty similar in the trucking industry, but that's really what we're going to talk about today is that type of leasing. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So in order to do that, Chris, turns out you and I are not leasing experts. No, we're not so smart. You hunted down, and I do yeah. mean hunted down, <laughs> uh, a couple of experts bring, to bring in. Why don't you introduce our guests? Yeah. So we, we've got um, Skyler with the Premier Truck Group, um, the Freightliner dealer here in the Salt Lake City area. Um, we've bought a few few trucks, our, our newest trucks that have come through him. Um, great guy, and then also Patrick. He's a a, a leasing expert, um, so he's gonna he's gonna probably spend most of the time kind of enlightening us on exactly what the lease is. <laughs> good. Well, Skyler, Patrick, welcome. Glad to have you guys with us. Thank Excited you. to be here. Thank you. Good. Good. All right. So, um, Chris, how do we want to tackle this? You said that that leasing a truck is similar to leasing a car. Now we use analogies, we use business versus personal analogies all the time. You know, buying a truck is like buying a home uh, until it's not, right? And so maybe the first question that we might wanna ask is, uh, what are some of the similarities and differences? What are the things you need to know? If, if you're familiar with the idea of leasing something, what is, what are you already caught up on? versus, you know, maybe a high level, here's some differences. Right? Yeah, I How think about that, that sounds like a good idea. So yeah, one, one of you, <laughs> Skylar, Patrick, take it away. What is the difference? So the difference between leasing a, a truck for commercial purposes versus you leasing? Yeah. There, yeah. There's really not a, a whole lot of difference there. Uh, essentially, the structure is the same or similar um, with you're going to have a, a term uh, number of payments you're going to make, 36, 48 months, and then you're going to have a residual that you pay down to. Um, so that is how you basically come up with your payment. So what's a residual? What does that so mean? So residual is, is a value that um, is kind of the predetermined value of the vehicle in four years or three years. Whatever um, the term of the yeah, lease whatever is. the term of the lease okay. is, right? Okay, so, so if you take, for example, like you've got a to use round numbers and something that's not too far off from a, a full-size semi-truck, $150,000 truck, you're going to lease it for, let's say, four years, and you figure after the four years it's it's going to be worth $50,000. Yep. So you're essentially having to pay down that $100,000 difference Correct. over the term of the lease. Correct, yep. 
Okay. So, uh, interesting. And and you said that determines what the uh, what the payment is going to be, the yep. monthly payment on that. Yep, exactly. So basically you're paying down that $100,000 difference. And then at the end you have this, you kind of tack this $50,000 to the wall type of thing, right? So it's not factored into that payment, but it is still there and is still owed at, at some point. Right. At the end. Right? Now, so you, you're you leasing the truck from whoever, from Skyler. And uh, who owns the truck? Who's Who's got the ownership rights? So on the that? the finance company is the lessor. They own the truck. They are on the title. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So you. Yeah. Not, simple enough. Yep. Okay. So and, and is there a possibility in this case of uh, lease to own? Is that a thing that uh, the guys do sometimes? Um, there is a purchase option at the end. Um, we don't do it from a banking standpoint. We do, we don't do a lease to own. Uh, you can get it most likely through uh, some leasing companies that, that specialize specifically in that. Um, banking standpoint, no, we, we don't offer that. However, purchase options at the end, um, you can uh, refinance the residual when you get to the end. Mm. Um, and maybe we'll talk about that more later, but uh, if I'm jumping ahead, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good, you're good. <laughs> so does that basically you're taking from a you know that $50,000 value that's left over you're just at that point, if you do the buyout option, you're moving on to traditional financing, either with the same company or maybe even with somebody else and financing that last $50,000 yep. in a buyout. Yes, yeah, so that's the most common is you would, you could take that $50,000, refinance it over, say, 24 months uh, on a loan, then you'd get the title at the end, right? So you'd essentially pay it all off. Um, it, it really just depends on how you want to do it. If, if, um, if, if you're doing a track lease, uh, which is kind of what we're talking about here, um, which track lease is a terminal rental adjustment clause. Uh, not to get too wonky, but it basically... <laughs> so, uh, sorry. so like track is an wonky. acronym. Yes, yeah, track is an acronym. Yep. Okay, so say it again. Terminal rental adjustment clause. I'm totally going to remember that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Promise. Yeah, that's, that'll be on the quiz. Um, so, the, so with that, you are essentially, with, with the track lease, you are on the hook for the residual at the end. So basically you owe that $50,000. So what we do is a, in, in the finance world is we offer you options. You can pay it off. You can trade it back to us. And that's typically not the best option because we'll sell it at auction and potentially bill you for any differences. Mm-hmm. Um, you can trade it back into the dealership and hopefully they can work out a deal with you. That's where Skylar comes in. Um, or you can refinance it. Um, and, so at, and, you know, this is all based on credit worthiness, of course, but you can also uh, do a lease extension and that would essentially be like paying down um, some of the residual. So if you wanted to keep it another six months, let's say you had a contract that oh, I need this six more months is all I need. And, you know, that would kind of come off the residual. Um, so got it. So, so Skyler, let, let me ask you this then. So in that situation where you... They, they want to turn the vehicle back in and you kind of work out what, what kind of deal can typically be worked out in that situation. Are you like, we'll take the vehicle back if you buy a new, replace that with a new vehicle or how, how does that usually work? We have purchase options as well, where we would get with our used department and have them evaluate what the truck is, what its current condition is. And it's kind of like giving a trade value only instead of trading it towards something new, we're literally just purchasing it, placing it back in our inventory to sell it off on something or taking that value and applying it to a new truck. Um, so either option is, is, is available. 
cool. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Uh, I, I'm leasing a truck. The, the term is up. It's time for the truck to go back. Now, I've been driving this thing 10,000 miles plus a month for the last four years. That's, that's some hard living for that truck, right? So what if I bring it back to you and there's something wrong with it beyond the normal wear and tear? What's going to happen to me uh, in that case? If you, if you buy it, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fair enough. So, yeah. So, it, it, so the, this, is, this kind of can segue into a, another type of lease that is out there that's very common. It's called the uh, FMV lease or the fair market value lease. And that is what people often refer to as the walkaway lease, where you turn it in and you're not responsible for that residual that is on, uh, tied to the lease. And, you know, you just drop the keys off when you're done using it. Right. Um, easier said than done because you do have to turn it, turn it in and meet trade terms. So you could be responsible for new tires, any damage. Um, with FMV leases, you typically uh, have a mileage limit. Uh, so if you go over, you'd, you'd have penalties associated with that. Um, with a track lease, however, it typically is, there's typically not a mileage restriction. Um, if you really beat it up, it, you really, it's really a market risk uh, associated with the residual that you are kind of on the hook for. So if you bring in this $50,000 residual truck and it's only worth $20,000 because you really wore it out, that's, you know, that's going to be on you, that, right. that, that difference. And it, so I, to me, this seems like it's the difference between a track lease and an FMV lease is really, to a great extent, who's going to assume the risk, right? Correct. So in a track lease the motor carrier is going to assume most of the risk. Whereas in a full market value lease, the, uh, the lessor is going to assume a lot of the risk. Correct. Yes. And, um, so they're probably, you're probably going to pay for that if you yes, go that route. Yep. You'll, you'll pay for the, uh, the extra risk involved there. And it, the residuals are not as, uh, aggressive. Typically they are more in favor of the more conservative. Let's say that more conservative. Okay. And you kind of answered one of my other questions that I had is um, limit, limitations on the number of miles. So it sounds like on a track lease, there's no limit of miles? Typically not. If you have a trade-back agreement, however, with the dealership for a new truck, you might see a mileage restriction there. Hmm. Um, if it's just a kind of a one-off and you're driving it and you're going to turn it in at 600,000 miles after four years, then yeah, no, there's not really... Yeah. So a question for you, Chris, actually, in that case, if there's a mileage limitation, is that going to affect, I, I assume it would affect your decision of whether you're going to buy or lease, you know, depending on how hard you plan to run. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if, if you're, if you're saying, I, you know, I'm going to go, go, go into the ground. Um, it, that's, that's a bad idea. Yeah, if it's you're, the, if it's you're the reason be, I didn't lease a car yeah. when I was, when I was doing a, a 70 mile commute every day. At some point, because, yeah, I'm going to run out of miles. And I know that the way that we run, like if we were to do, like say there was a 100,000 mile a year limit on the number of miles you could drive, that's not going to be a good thing for us because we're doing at least 125,000. Um, so uh, that would probably, for me, would be like a no deal. So not something I could What with. What would be a, a typical... Um, mileage restriction if we have one is it, is it that 100k is it would it be something else yeah it's usually uh around 10,000 is what i've i've seen 10,000 a month yeah 10,000 a month okay so 120 a year okay that's usually on the high end so uh, 
let's move on to another question that I've got uh, that I, I'm not sure which of you will be uh, the best to answer this one, but let's talk about insurance. Uh, you know, Chris and I talk about insurance a lot as far as, uh, you know, getting the right insurance, have it dealing with that fixed cost, whatever. Does leasing versus buying affect uh, what a driver or an owner operator, I should say, is going to need to do as far as insurance goes? Uh, no, there's no no real impact to, say, a premium. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, if, if you if you wreck and it's a total loss, you're going to get the ACV regardless, actual cash value. So uh, not, not really um, that I'm aware of any benefit for one or the other um, okay. with insurance. Yeah, I'm just curious. It's a topic that comes up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Chris, what about you? I know you've got some more questions. I don't want to be the only one firing away here. Um, one of the questions, I, I, know, I know I'm a little bit more familiar with leasing on trailers, and I know a lot of the times with trailers, when you lease trailers, there's a certain maintenance cost that you have to do every year um, or every mile. So like, for, for instance, you may have to pay four cents a mile in, in a maintenance fee. Is there the same kind of thing when leasing power units? Uh, there can be. That's another uh, type of lease, uh, typically called a full maintenance lease. Um, we don't have that. Uh, that I've seen in a track lease or an FMV necessarily. Um, yeah, I, I think that would be most likely the uh, full maintenance leases where you'd see that. And um, those are often with the uh, OEM captives. Uh, we'll do those a lot. Um, what, what, with what now? The equipment manufacturers. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, uh, sorry. No, that's okay. I just, uh, when, when I start to get lost, I figure somebody else is too. So yep. might yep. as no well problem. ask. Me. Yeah. The equipment manufacturer captives, like there's a lot of companies out there that offer a full maintenance lease where your maintenance is included in, in the, the cost of the, the lease. <clears throat> okay. And, uh, I assume I, as the driver would be responsible for getting that maintenance done. Yeah. Right. So I'm not, I'm not going to one of you guys to get that taken care right. of. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, Chris, maybe we talk about pay, payment structures, um, and how they work, how this is uh, different, if at all, from, you know, if you, if you purchase a truck and you're making monthly payments, uh, I mean, you're making monthly payments on a lease as well. So what, what would be the difference in our, uh, payment structure, if let, anything? Let me or, take a stab at it and, and Patrick, you let me know if I'm, I'm wrong on sure. this. So let's take, for example, I'm, I'm guessing that a lease is always, is typically going to be a lower payment. And the biggest reason is because, you know, in that example that we were using early on, you know, if you've got a $150,000 truck with a $50,000 residual value at the end of the lease, it's going over four years, you're financing essentially $100,000 versus if you do the same four-year term, you're buying the truck, you're financing a whole $150,000. So, you know, you just, you're financing essentially a lower amount. So your lease payment is going to be lower. Yes, that's correct. Uh, it, it, and it depends on the structure. So if you typically what we see in, in loans is a 60 month term, um, maybe a 48, um, 36 would be pretty aggressive. Uh, not a lot of balloon financing with it, but that is something that, that happens. So a balloon is essentially a residual on a loan. Uh, so what does that mean? So basically at your last payment could be $50,000 like we talked about. So if you're comparing apples to apples with a 48-month um, loan with a $50,000 residual like we are with the lease, the, the payment's essentially the same. It might be $30, $40, $50 difference. But if you're looking at 
40 months without a balloon, which is more common, then the payment difference is quite, quite large because of that, uh, you know, it could be hundreds, hundreds of dollars, if not more. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's kind of where leasing is beneficial is you can really, um, gives you an avenue to have a much lower payment. Probably helps you a little bit with your cash flow and yep. operating expenses. Does it, exactly. uh, does leasing versus buying affect your, uh, uh, your interest rate? Yeah, I mean, are you going to have a similar interest rate? Or are you going to be paying less on a lease since it's you know presumably going back at the end of it? Uh, there is the loans will be slightly higher. Um, so apples to apples, forty eight, fifty thousand, like we were talking, forty eight months, fifty thousand. Uh, it's probably a, you know twenty twenty five basis points different mm. um, between the 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 loan rate and the implicit rate of the basis lease. points being like a, a so twenty five basis points being a quarter of a percent. Yes, correct. Right. Okay. Yep. Exactly. All right. Got it. Yep. Um, so, Chris, what else do we want to talk about? Taxes. Yeah, I want I want to talk a little bit about the payment difference. Than with a lease versus um, a, a a traditional loan, because this is actually one of the questions that I get people asking me all the time, or kind of pointing out when they look at the profit and loss statements for Holland Assets, they say, "Well, where's the truck payment? I don't see the truck payment," and you, you don't really because it's not really a line item on a, a traditional profit and loss statement. So when when you do a traditional loan and you make that payment, that payment, that the, the, the amount that comes out of the bank, and let's just, I'm going to use some round numbers just to make this simple. Let's say it's a thousand dollar a month payment that I'm making for my truck. Of that, a certain part of it's going to go towards the principal or the loan balance on the truck and a certain part of it's going to go towards interest. So let's say in, in normal circumstances, it'd be something like $750 would be going towards the loan principal and the other $250 would be going towards interest. So what you're going to see on your profit and loss statement is $250 of interest expense, but you're not going to see that $750 of principal balance on your profit and loss statements, at least not directly. It, it is tied into your net income because that's kind of counted as it's counted as net income. That's where that $750 really lies. But what ends up happening is on your balance sheet, you're going to see from one month to the next, that loan balance decreased by 750 bucks by that interest or the principal part of the payment. So that's how truck loans typically work the payments. On a lease, you will actually see a line item on the profit and loss statement for the entire amount of the lease because you're not really technically the owner in this situation. So, so you're not building up any uh, equity or ownership nope, in that? Nothing like this. So you're going to see more of that traditional if, if the lease payment's a thousand bucks, you're going to see a thousand dollars coming out on the profit and lease profit and loss statement showing lease expense. Hmm. Okay. And so you get, ex, you know, so that's kind of one of the advantages tax wise is you see that whole amount as a um, business expense that is completely, you know, essentially written off. Whereas you, you kind of can still do that with a, with a, a truck payment and you do like with Holland assets, you'll see once a year I take a depreciation expense and that depreciation expense is kind of, um, it's a, it's a non what's considered a non cash expense and it reduces my income for the year, but it's not tied specifically to a payment like it would be with a lease or anything else. It's it's kind of confusing. And, and one of these days I've, this is one of the things that I've kind of toyed with doing is, you know, some places recommend that you do that depreciation expense. You list it out on your, your profit and loss statement every month, instead of just doing it once a year at the end of the year, like I do. 
and and I may uh, at some point in the future do that just so you know people can see kind of what the differences between those two methods are. Okay, all right. So uh, let's talk then about who would be leasing a truck versus buying it. Um, instead of the should, or I, I shouldn't say instead of, but ahead of the should, who should be doing this. Uh, let's talk about who can do this. Uh, how do you qualify? Uh, you know, what kind of person is going to be coming and looking for a lease? Does, does that make sense? So yeah, who, who can qualify for a lease? Is it tough? It, no, it's not tough. Um, in, in fact, you know, it's, it's all based on credit worthiness, obviously. Um, but if you can qualify for a loan, typically you can qualify for a lease. Sometimes it doesn't make sense if there's a large down payment or something like that required. Um, there are companies also out there that will lease equipment um, to some higher risk uh, uh, customers that maybe wouldn't qualify for traditional bank financing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, anyone could really do it if that's what you really want. Okay, so yeah, so what I heard was, with maybe some exceptions, if you can if you can get a loan, you can get a lease. Most likely, is that okay? Is, right. is it sometimes easier to get a lease than than it is to get a loan, or no, not necessarily. I, you know, I I don't know that it. Um. I don't know that it would be any easier. Uh, it might be slightly more difficult. I know uh, a lot of companies like to see it installment credit on their credit report um so leasing sometimes doesn't show up there so oh interesting yeah um so you know i I think it just depends on on each individual in company for that matter and in yeah you know anyone could qualify so every situation is different yeah exactly it's hard to okay okay now you mentioned uh down payments a moment ago uh or somebody did that was me. <laughs> okay. Somebody said the words down payment. That made me think, uh, is there a down payment? That's going to be a hurdle for a lot of people with, uh, with a loan, right? Oh, I got to come up with this giant down payment, uh, 20%, uh, whatever it is. Um, is that going to be a hurdle for somebody looking to lease? It could be. If, if you're going to be required to have a down payment on a loan, you're most likely going to have the same requirement on a lease. And it'll be the same uh, most amount. Most likely, yeah. More or less? Yes. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, and I guess my last question on this, and sorry, this is kind of going back. I'm, I'm going backwards here, but don't worry. Two, one step backward, there's, and then it'll be two steps yeah, forward. There's a method to your madness. Well, <laughs> it's debatable. Um, no, but a question that just popped into my mind was uh, old trucks versus new trucks. We, we talked about mileage before, and okay, well, you bought this thing, and it's shiny and new, and then you turn it back in four years later, and it's got 700,000 miles on it. Uh, are there... Are, are you going to be leasing all new stuff? Are you, can you lease a used truck with, you know, a million miles on it? Uh, what what uh, what are we looking at there? It it's been done. Ninety <laughs> <laughs> uh, plus percent of your leasing finance lease financing is going to be new trucks. Okay. Um, it it has been done. We've had uh, I've seen programs uh, for used FMV leases, um, which are. Uh, like we talked about the fair market value where you have a guaranteed residual. Um, but typically you won't see used trucks being leased. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I, part of the reason I was thinking of it was, uh, 
you know, I went to a car dealership a few years ago and got my little Mazda that I, you know, loved compared to your, your rig, <laughs> uh, Chris. But uh, they were trying to talk me into, oh, well, you lease this car because you can get the new model. Uh, if you if you lease it, you can get the new one. And then when you trade it in, you trade in for a new model. It's sweet. You're driving a new car all the time, right? I'm curious if that if that would be a similar situation for why somebody might want to lease versus buy. Uh, because you're talking about, you know, usually it's a new truck that they're leasing. And so, you know, hey, a new truck, fewer problems, you know, fewer issues on the road, uh, cushier seats, whatever, you know, whatever the reasoning might be. I want to be in a new truck. Uh, Skyler, maybe you can take this one. How am I, am I on track with this one or am I a little bit off base? Why would, why would somebody lease over buy, um, it, in, in, in with regards to that sort of thing. I, I hear you. I've heard the same argument at car dealerships too, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, trying to bait you into different things there. But um, honestly, um, I think a lot of people that choose to ask for the option for leasing are, they have their tar- their eye on the target of being able to walk away from that vehicle at the end because they don't know for certain maybe what the future is going to hold for them. That mm. they, don't, they don't know if they want to be tied down to this truck for a certain amount of time and they want that exit strategy at the end. Um, it seems like, at least for me, and most people that I have asking um, are some of the newer customers that kind of maybe are just getting started and they kind of have a little bit of nervousness as to what it's, how long they're going to be committed and tied into this truck. Um, I don't know, Patrick, do you have anything else to add to that? Yeah, I think one of the selling points of that is being able to get into a new truck in say four years, three years, whatever the term is, you know, there's always fuel efficiency gains and fewer breakdowns mm. and you're typically in warranty. So you really do see a lot of, um, especially in, in the fleet world, uh, a lot of customers that want to keep it, uh, keep those new trucks coming in, in into the pipeline. And, um, you know, just for those reasons alone, because it's, it makes sense from an, from the operation standpoint. Okay. So I'm guessing, Skylar, like the the especially the fleets that rotate their vehicles out every three years or something like that. I'm guessing most of those guys are leasing. Is that fair to say, or are uh, they buying too? They're buying, um, and a lot of them, honestly, and we see this a little bit more commonly than we would a lease, where a guy, a guy will buy a truck. Maybe they'll stack. They'll, they'll, their plan will be to keep that truck for four years, five years, whatever, and they'll stack that truck with warranty to cover them for that four or five year term and then trade that truck back in sometimes even before that warranty's expired and just apply that residual, um, their equity, I should call it, um, back towards the new purchase. And it's, it's interesting how, you know, if they trade it in before maybe it hits that, I don't know, half a million miles or whatever it might be, um, that amount that they can roll back into a new truck to kind of keep that same comment that Patrick made about, you know, staying on top of emissions, this and that, but, Certainly, most of our big fleets that we see buying trucks, I would say, are, are purchasing and, and ruling it that way. Wouldn't, wouldn't you well, say, Patrick? Yeah, I, I would say there's there's a good mix. Um, you know, there's some that'll right just flat out pay cash. You know, where we'd all like to be. You know, someday. Um, <laughs> and then there's some that want to mix, and then there's some that only want to purchase because they like the balance sheet as- aspect, like Chris was mentioning. And then some want the lease because they want the lowest payment to, to get their operating ratio uh, as low as possible. So, you know, I, I think it just depends on what, what you want to do. And, and, you know, I, I think it, uh, all those things considered, I think you kind of need to have a game plan before going into the purchase. Yeah. That's what is going to work best for you. 
So, uh, I don't know if it's the last question, but it's the last question on my mind right now. We, we've kind of talked around the issue. Uh, you know, we've talked about all these issues with buying versus leasing. Um, we talked about some the pros of leasing uh, just now. But what in your minds would be uh, the number one or, or maybe a couple of reasons why somebody would want to stay away from leasing um, and err on the side of purchasing instead? Um, is that a fair question? I think that's a great question. I actually want to hear what Patrick thinks about it. <laughs> because I, I personally, as kind of a... And he laterals the ball. Exactly. <laughs> Patrick exactly. takes off down the field. Because as someone in sales, I actually get a lot more people that come in for purchasing. We get plenty of questions about leasing, um, but I'd be curious to see what, what Patrick thinks. So, yeah, great question, by the way. Great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I... There's not really a downfall to, say, a track lease where, you know, at the end, you still had to pay for it. Maybe that would be the biggest downfall, right? So you have maybe a $50,000 residual and you got to figure out what to do with it. Whereas if you had a, a loan at 48 months or 60 months and you just paid it out and then we send you the title when it's done. Um, so that it's a little more work uh, in, that, in that regard. Um, I... And, and like we said, we talked about the cost savings potentially on your payments. Um, there's a lot of um, tax implications, which we talked about as well. And, you know, I, I would say have a good relationship with your, your tax person and have them involved in your game plan that I talked about um, and how those different, those different uh, levers work and what would be best for you. Um, you know, I don't know that there is a large pitfall other than you don't own it and it's not your equity in, in the vehicle that you're paying for. So you're not you're not building that future uh, equity, that, that uh, wealth, for lack of a better yeah. term. Yeah. The, okay. the way I would kind of look at it is just it's another tool in your belt, right? Le financing, purchasing with a finance or paying cash or leasing. They're all just different tools and they're all used for different you know, situations and it really depends on, you know, kind of what your goals are and, and what your, you know, kind of where you're at with your company. And in some situations, at least going to be better in some situations, a, a purchase with financing is going to be better. And, you know, like Patrick said, you know, one day we all want to get to where we could just pay quarter million dollars for a truck and a trailer and <laughs> yep. just fork out <laughs> the cash. It really helps the operating ratio. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Kidding. no kidding. Well, that's good. I, I, because one of the things that we, uh, that I know we want to do with episodes like this is we're not coming into this saying, Hey, we're going to talk about leasing and extol all of the virtues and not talk about any. It's like you're saying, Chris, this is going to be right for some and not right for others, right? This it's yep. another tool, but it's something that we wanted to bring up. I think in part because, uh, we haven't really talked about it much on the show up to this point. And it may be something that somebody who's thinking about going out on their own, getting their own authority, uh, getting a truck, they might not have thought, oh, shoot, well, yeah. I could I could lease a truck. Um, you know, maybe you did, but uh, yeah, we want to make sure that you are aware of that tool in your belt, right? Yeah, everybody should, I mean, it's just one of those things you can should consider. You should consider leasing, you should consider financing and, and determine, you know, once you kind of know the pros and cons of both and determine which is which is right for you and which is right for your, your company. So I'd, I'd say my last question, since you got to ask your last question, yeah. is just, is there anything else we should consider when you're thinking about leasing that we haven't already discussed? Are we covered at all? Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, maybe one thing I would, I would 
again bring up is when you're trading it in, say on a walkway lease for an FMV, you have trade terms of meet. So you have potential costs there, you know, um, when you're trading it in maybe to the dealership, even, you know, if you're bringing it in ragged and beat up, you're, it's not as valuable. So there is residual risk with leasing. And maybe going back to your question, maybe that's what I should say would be the con there. Whereas is it, would you say it's a, a little riskier than in, at least in that respect? Yeah. Than purchasing? I mean, it's just a risk aspect you don't have when you're doing a loan without a right residual without loan. a trade. So just because you're leasing doesn't mean you should drive it like you stole it. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> this is that a, doesn't give you it's the not license, a it's so. not a rental car don't no, try to yeah. take it through a lake right? <laughs> exactly. right good all right well chris i feel like we covered it you feel good about I it i feel good about it yeah. all right i've Let's, learned a lot well you know me too more than i ever frankly well, wanted you learn a lot to know time, about truck but, leasing yeah, yeah that's true that's true i i learned so much on this uh, podcast yeah <laughs> well anyway skylar patrick thank you so much uh for uh, coming in for enlightening us especially me. Chris knows everything already. I think we, we've, <laughs> this is well-established, but yeah, we appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yep. And uh, let's see. So Chris, we're going to have anything in the show notes to point people toward uh, for today's episode as far as we, links We've out. just got some of the questions and I, I, I'm going to build it. It's, it's not going to happen right away, but I, I kind of want to build out the, I, I've got the questions in there, but I'm going to build out some texts that have some of the answers to it hmm. and concisely. That may take me a little bit of time, but that'll come eventually. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, for those uh, listening, thank you for listening. For those of you on YouTube, thank you for watching. We do appreciate it. Uh, it's so if you, if you like watching instead of listening, yes, we are on YouTube. Please go subscribe. The channel is going very well and we appreciate those who have subscribed and watched. Uh, it's uh, it's a great way to support Holland Assets. Um, other than that, HollandAssetsLLC.com, Holland Assets on Facebook, Holland Assets on the side of a truck. If yeah, I say it enough times, it really sounds even more like uh, a curse word, Chris. So thanks for <laughs> thanks for naming the company something that I had to say you have to be 18 careful. times an episode. Um, anyway, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next time. See ya.